Um, I'm excited to share the word this morning because I believe that um, as we were preparing and praying, I was talking to Pastor Micah earlier this week about what to share. I really believe the Holy Spirit has downloaded something in preparation for this series. So you can't miss next week. Um, but today I'm going to be focused on a topic that we as the church so rarely talk about. And to be honest with you, I, I, I love talking about this topic because it's so um, misconstrued and misunderstood in our culture today. I think there's a lot of people that think they're an expert on it, but in reality, there's some areas that we have to look at biblically to open it up. And I, I would even challenge you on this. Some of us have been begging God for what I'm about to talk about, but the reality is I think God's looking back at us and saying, where would I put it if I could? I think some of us are, are waiting for God to give us something in this room but our lives are too full to receive something in this room. I, I want to express like this, this topic is so necessary in 2021 in our culture today. Listen, when we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and trying to fill our lives and fill our schedules, I want to read this scripture in Lamentations. That's right. We're throwing it back to the OT in here. Lamentations chapter five. If you have your Bibles, open up with me there. Um, and I want to start in verse one. It says, Lord, and I believe this is our heart's cry. For some people that walked in here today, that maybe this is a tough season for you because you feel this way. It says, Lord, remember what has happened to us. See how we've been disgraced. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. He says, and this is so tough, our homes to foreigners. We are orphaned and fatherless. Does it not describe the generation that we're in right now? It says our mothers are widowed. And then it goes on to say, we have to pay for water to drink and even firewood is expensive. Come on, somebody who works with lumber, you know. And uh, those who pursue us are at our heels. And this is the line right here. This is so challenging. It says, we are exhausted, but we are given no rest. Can I talk about rest a little bit today? Can I talk about something that few of us have? And can I just go ahead and define what rest is for you before we go forward? Because rest is not sleep. Rest is a spirit. Rest is not more time in bed. It's more purpose in what I'm doing. Rest can be defined so specifically because hear me, I've heard some of the most lazy people that are the most restless. And I've heard some of the hardest workers that are the most restless. So maybe it's not a condition of my workload. Maybe it's a condition of my heart. Um, you know, uh, getting, trying to keep my boys, I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, like I said, to keep their room clean is like trying to understand women. Like I've just given up on it. I've given up. You husbands, you know. Um, and I was trying to get my boys to clean their room. Um, if you have small children, you understand it's just chaos in there. It's a war zone. And, um, and I walked in and at first you try to, you try to bribe them. You know, it's like no shame. You're like, all right, let's do this fast. Like first one to get it done, you get ice cream and they're hyped, they're, they're ready, they're ready to go. And I'm like, let's clean, let's clean, let's clean. I'll be back in just a minute. And I walk out and, and I come back like 15 minutes later and I realize it's worse off than before. Like it's, it's so bad. And I go, Jack, I thought you were cleaning. He goes, I wasn't. And, and he's playing with his toys. I'm like, you haven't played with that toys in two years. You don't even like that toy. Andy, what are you doing with that book? You can't even read. Like, just, you're stalling. Get up and clean. And you go from, like, bribing to threatening in a matter of moments. And I look at him, I go, you got 15 minutes or else. Or else. He's like, or else what? And I'm like, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. People are going to take you, never going to see your family again. You know, like, just going extreme. Don't judge me till you've been there. And I'm like, yeah, 15 minutes. And when I come back in 15 minutes, it better be done. And he goes, 15 minutes, Jack? 
I said, yeah, 15 minutes. He goes, it probably won't be. <laughs> and I go, you better hope it is. And so I leave, I leave and, and I start to hear the motions of cleaning. You know, like blocks are dropping and doors are opening. And I can clearly hear things being shoved under the bed and, and like all the things. And, and, and a few minutes later, it goes from like normal noises to like chaos. And it's like from like blocks dropping to just things shattering and like things crashing. And I raced back in there, and I kid you not, my three-year-old has got my six-year-old in a headlock up against the wall. And I wanted to be mad, but the form was impeccable. And I'm like, Jack, what did I just tell you? Keep him on his feet, bro. You can't compete with him down low. You got to get back up. It was so funny is when I walked away, I heard the motions of cleaning. I heard the motions of picking up. In fact, I can guarantee you they were busy, but I found that busyness doesn't always mean effectiveness. And hear me on this. This is big, and I need you to catch this. I know of a lot of Christians that are busy and ineffective. I know of a lot of Christians, myself included at times, we know how to fill our schedules, but we don't have a fulfilled role. We know how to stay busy, but we don't know how to make an impact. And I want to tell you this today, that maybe your rest is not going to be given to you from stepping back, but maybe it's going to be given to you from leaning in. Maybe your rest is not tied to doing more, but being more where you're called. Because I think a lot of us look like Andy, where we're called to be cleaning up the mess the world has created, but instead we're attacking the person we're supposed to love the most. And we're fighting when we should be cleaning. We're fighting amongst ourselves and we should be picking pieces up, rebuilding what God has put us in the earth to do, refilling families, encouraging one another, lifting each other up in the hardest times, telling them you're worth it, telling them you can make it. Come on, we're building back. And I believe that the house will be an epicenter in DFW where we rebuild families and bring value back into our homes. But it's going to take us getting out of busyness and into effectiveness. It starts here. Can we open up in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? It says this, then Jesus said, and here's the solution. And then we're going to dive into it. It says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I, if I say will, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It doesn't say I might. It doesn't say if you do this. No, no, just come to me and I will give you rest. It doesn't say quit that job and I'll give you rest. It says, just come to me. It doesn't say quit the marriage and I'll give you, come to me. And oftentimes we're looking for a worldly answer for something only God can do. In fact, it says, I will give you rest, but it doesn't promise that the world ever could. So we can search, 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 search and never find what we're looking for because we went to the wrong source. Come to me and I'll give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that I give you is light. The burden I give you is light. I love this. And if you study farming terms ever, you understand that a yoke is what ties you together with something. And I think there's a lot of people that walk in here on a Sunday morning experience and you're being pulled too hard into something you don't feel like you're called into or you're being held back from not making it to where you're called to. And let me tell you something. If the scriptures say that his yoke is easy, my question for you is, what are you yoked to? 
Because it should be a revealing moment that if, if we're going too quickly and, and, and there's too much hurry and there's too much rush and we're too busy, maybe just maybe we've yoked ourselves with culture, not with Him. Maybe just maybe we've, we've yoked ourselves with anxiety, not with Him. Maybe just maybe God has something better for us and yet we continue to yoke ourselves with things that the world says are okay. And God says, until you break that, rather until you let me break it, then there will be no rest in your soul. Turn to your neighbor and say motion madness. The title of my message today is just motion madness because I believe we are in the midst of a motion madness culture. And I believe God wants to set us free of that today. Do you believe that with me? Let me pray. Jesus, I pray right now, God, that your grace is going to cover this place, that your joy is going to fill every heart. God, today you're going to restore families. Today, Jesus, you're going to bring long lost people back home. Today, God, you're going to give us a burden for our city. Today, Jesus, you're going to give us the strength not to quit. Jesus, I pray that when they walked in today, you had already started a work that you're going to finish at this altar space today. That God, today you'll open up our hearts. Let us be open to you, willing, able to receive from you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Can you give it up for Jonathan up here on the keys? I love it. I don't know about you, but I am vastly underprepared for summer. Um, I, anyone else in the room? You're just not ready for it. It's hot in Texas. It's crazy out here. And uh, it's crazy in these streets. I, you know, I, I'm picking up my son the other day, my six-year-old from school. And I, to be honest with you, I was so disengaged. I didn't even know what day it was. And about that time, his teacher said, see you next fall. And I'm like, whoa, where are you going? <laughs> school is over. Like, you know, like, no, we're going to bring him back. Like, can I hire you? You know, whatever it takes. It's crazy in here. I got to provide for him now. And, um, Adrian had a plan, but I tell you what I didn't have a plan for, summer clothes. You ever taken off layers to get ready for summer and realize you've developed new layers? You know what I mean, gentlemen in the room where you've just been eating, eating, and it's like I wasn't prepared for this summer thing. Like you've got big summer plans, but you've got bigger man boobies. And so you're just stuck. You're like, I don't even, I'm just going to wear layers. It's 100 degrees outside, but I'm going to layer up. And uh, she's just like, stay cold. You know, it's not true. Uh, and... Uh, and I realized I got to get in the gym. I got to get in the gym. So I've been in the gym, if you can't tell. And uh, like weird. Why would I say that on stage? And <laughs> I've been in the gym. It's been wild. Adrian can't keep her hands off me. Honestly, sometimes I just got to look at her and be like, I'm a person. Have a conversation with me. And um, <laughs> it gets weird, honestly. I'm just. <laughs> and uh, so here we are. I'm getting in the gym. And I have this workout partner that I work out with pretty regularly. His name is Braden Burks. He's in the room. <laughs> fan club. And uh, Brayden is uh, just graduated from house college. Amazing. Uh, and uh, here's the thing. Uh, Brayden is like superior physically than me in all ways. So taller, more handsome. He's younger, you know, faster, stronger, the whole nine yards. But I, I work out with him because it pushes me. Um, I, and I, here's the thing. The thing he's the most superior at than me, though, is mornings. <laughs> to a fault. Brayden's not a human. Have you ever seen that kid? It's an old commercial where he's like, I'm all hyped up on Mountain Dew. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's Brayden every day. Every day. I walk in the gym and he, he, he doesn't know how to just say hi. It's an embrace. Pick him up. Throw him around. You good? You ready? Ooh, ooh, why are you barking? It's 6.05, you know? 
And then Braden always hits me with something spiritual. Always. Okay? He's like, man, my prayer time this morning was crazy. I'm like, bro, God's not even up, you know? <laughs> He's not even up. What, when was that? When was that? Did you sleep? But I'm a pastor, so I have to be like, bro, same. Same. <laughs> Same, man. And we're hitting it, and Braden's strong. He's strong in there. And so, like, we're, we're getting in the gym, and we're going. And about that time, a few weeks ago, I had to go to the bathroom. So I, I run to the bathroom, come back. And Braden, I, I watch him approach the largest man in the gym, approach, like huge, like had creatine in his bottle as a baby <laughs> type size. And I watch him from a distance tell my, my man, tell this dude, hey, my man. Take off your headphones. Hey, can you take these off? I'm like, what's going on? What's, what's he doing? He's like, can you get off your machine? I'm like, bro, I can't even defend this man. Like, you're already, big, you're already bigger than me. And honestly, I'm acting like I don't know you right now. And he's like, hey, I don't want to make it weird. And I'm like, it's too late. It's weird. It's weird. And he walks up. He's like, hey, bro, do you have, uh, do you have like pain in your hip? And the guy's like, holy. And then he says something not too holy right afterwards. He goes, yeah, man, how did you know I had an injury a while back? And he goes, man, the Holy Spirit just told me. And, uh, man, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you, and God wants to heal you. And then he puts his hand on this man's hip. What? <laughs> Unnecessary, okay? And uh, it's just too far. And uh, he's praying. And this guy cusses again and is like, bro, my pain is gone. It's wild, right? It's wild. And, and I'm standing back like, bro, I'm, I'm supposed to be a pastor. And, and, and Brayden laughs and goes, yeah, man, this is just normal Christianity. And, and it was in that moment that, that I was shaking a little bit where I, I realized I was going to the gym to check something off a list. I was going to the gym so, to cover the ground. I was going to the gym to, to just get it done. But do you know that as believers, we're not called to cover ground. We're called to take ground. Do you know that we're called to actually take every territory that God trusts us with? That he's like, hey, listen, if I place you there, there's a purpose there. Well, what if we recognize that every room you walk into, you're called to do something in? That this isn't just a regular thing. Thanks for letting me pick on you, Braden. I don't know where you are. Uh, but, but this isn't just something we're called to walk into, it's actually something we're called to have purpose in. That maybe, just maybe, I'm going to say something a little bit challenging. Maybe you haven't gotten your promotion because you're just going through the motions. Maybe God's holding you back, not because he doesn't want you to get to the next, but because you haven't accomplished what you're called to do in the now. Where there's this purpose on your life. Where God's like, if you, if you even understood what you could have right here in this moment, the impact you could place right here, right now, then you would look at life completely differently. That you would understand that God didn't curse you with your now. He trusted you with it. That God didn't place you there to be frustrated. He placed you there to bring frustrated people to freedom. And, and we have to understand that our now is not for us. It's for them. And hear me, maybe your rest is found in the now, and that's why God has you there. I wonder, this scripture has always been so beautiful to me, talking about being faithful in the little things. It says this in Luke 16, 10. It says, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. 
I wonder if God's waiting for us to be faithful in the now before he gives us the next. I wonder if he's just standing there just saying, listen, I'm not trying to pull you back. I'm trying to make sure you can be trusted with what's next. Because some of us are begging to get out of our nine to five and into our career. And God says, if you can't handle the nine to five, there's no way you can make an impact in that career. Like if you can't be trusted in this small moment, I'm going to put it to you like this. If I can't be trusted to be faithful in my marriage, how can I be faithful with that influence? If I can't be trusted to be faithful with time with my children, how can I steward a staff in the future? If I can't be faithful to do what God told me to do now, what happens when I get bored with what he told me to do there? This is where God begins to press on your heart and say, there's nothing wrong with you. You just haven't activated your spirit yet. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you're just here. You're just stable. You're, you're in the moment. And God says, I want to take you further, but you have to go deeper first. I want to take you further, but the impact is here. In fact, I, I believe this. I believe midlife crises don't happen because we haven't made it far enough. I believe they happen because we haven't done enough with where we have made it. I believe oftentimes we panic midlife because we're like, oh, I should be further. And God says, no, 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 you should be deeper. You should be deeper. And so I'm going to keep you here. And I know it's causing a crisis, but your crisis can be solved if you'd understand that you were called to grow roots here so that I can change people, so I could fill people up. Uh, can I say this? The fastest way to an empty life is to focus on your next promotion and not the people around you. That's the fastest way to an empty life. Because you're going to find yourself with status, but no one to celebrate it with. You're going to find yourself with an achievement, but not a circle. You're standing up here and it's lonely. And God's saying, you don't understand. I'm trying to develop a life for you, not just a milestone. I'm trying to develop something substantial in you. I'm trying to put an actual purpose in you. And oftentimes purpose is ugly. Oftentimes, purpose is not sexy. It is not something that's attractive in any form. Purpose oftentimes looks like what no one else wanted to do, but God trusted you to do it. Purpose oftentimes looks like what culture says is a waste of time. Hey, that, that's not going to lead to anything. The problem is you're looking to people who have nothing to tell you how to get something. And it's this like constant tension in our heart of, man, I have to, I have to get here. I, I've got to get the next house. I've got to get the next job. I have to make it to this. I've got to move into this neighborhood. And God's saying, but your neighborhood needed you now. It needed you now. I, I, got to, I, I just got to put my kids in that school system. Yeah, no, no, I get it. But, but this one, there was an impact you were called to leave. I need you to impact where you're at. I get lost. Sometimes in the, in the busyness, in the chaos, uh, just this last season, um, you know, we just got done with baseball season. It was crazy. Our boys played. It was like three games every Saturday or two, two to three games every Saturday. And this last week was just crazy. Uh, we had like all these award ceremonies and we had three baseball games. And then on top of it, I'm writing my sermon. And then I'm also getting ready for house youth. Shout out house youth is coming to you. And uh, by the way, if you're a parent, volunteer, want to volunteer for it right after this service, we're going to meet in flex room. Okay. Shameless plug. But we're prepping for that. I'm looking at my next meeting and I'm focused. And, and about that time, Adrian's like, hey, we got, we got Jack's award ceremony today. And I was like, oh, for sure. Hey, do you know if he's like getting an award? <laughs> and she's like, it doesn't matter if he is or not. And I'm like, but it does. Like, 
It does. I'm like, no offense, but like if he ain't getting one, like maybe it's something we can celebrate later. Like this is something like if he's not getting one, like I'm just going to go watch other kids receive awards. And she's like, we're going. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And, and there I am. We're standing there. But to be honest, when I walked in, my mind is everywhere. I'm thinking about the next meeting. I'm thinking about the next thing that we have to do, a hard meeting I was going to have to have later that day. I'm thinking about this sermon. How are we going to flow from here to here? I'm thinking about the future of our ministry, all that's been going on. It's chaotic. Adrian's getting her real estate license. There's just so much going on throughout our world and all good things. And that's where it gets hazy. Is that there is chaos in the good And sometimes we have to move good aside to focus on great. And and oftentimes the enemy doesn't distract you with bad. He distracts you with good. I just need to make you busy so that you never accomplish anything within the busyness. And and about that, I'm, I'm jolted out of this mindset when all of a sudden they call Jack's name. And Jack walks across the stage. He was just as shocked as me. And he was like, okay. He walks up, and about that time, they, they give him this award, and it's the sweetest thing in the world, but they give him this yo-yo award because no one can stay down when they're around Jack. I know. It's crazy. And just weeping, you know, like Adrian's already crying. And, uh, but the part that changed me was when all of a sudden they're saying what all the other kids, what, what they wanted to be when they grow up, and they had told their teachers, and, man, it just hit me in the chest. And I'd heard, like, all these other kids, you know, it's like, you know, they're just saying, I want to be a firefighter because I get to ride in a red truck. I want to be a dinosaur. It doesn't exist. And um, I'm that guy. Like, don't be that guy, Nate. And, and all of a sudden he says, I want to be a pastor to help people like daddy. And I want to preach like him. And, uh, I mean, he's the one who said it. But, but no, I... It was a moment, though, because in that moment, I I don't just say that to say it. It was actually a correction moment where the Holy Spirit jolted me out of my busyness and said, you are so focused on getting to the next, you are missing out on the one who's watching you build the next. And can I just speak this to you? God doesn't want you to be so focused on your future, you miss out on the ones watching you build your future. That there is people watching you. It doesn't even have to be your children. Coworkers are watching saying, why are they different? Your family that's unsaved is watching saying, what, what, what's different about them? Why is it that they have joy at that dead-end job? Because God's more concerned with the spirit you carry in the experience than he is about taking you to new experiences. And he's saying, can you be trusted to be a good reflection of me to the ones watching you build that future? Can you be trusted to be a picture of me when things aren't going your way? Can you still carry a spirit that says, I'm always in God's will? I'm always in God's will. And, and in that moment, the Holy Spirit just hit me and says, you're too busy. You're too busy on things that are good but not great. And I got hit in the heart because I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. And I know this is a word for us in this room as in our fast-paced DFW culture where we're just running and running. If you're anything like me, I just wake up ready to go. We're in this thing. Let's run. Let's go. And the Holy Spirit said, slow down. Slow down. And, And for some of us, we need to hear slow down. And for others, we need to hear speed up. I can promise you that rest is found in both. And, and he says, slow down. And this is what I heard God say to me. He just said, I'm not in the motion madness. I'm in the pace of grace. I'm in the pace of grace. Another way to say it is the rhythms of grace. 
There's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm that, and, and here's the encouraging part. My grace is not your grace. Your grace is not my grace. Your grace is not your neighbor's grace. In fact, God has an intentional grace for each person in this room. And and when you catch it, all of a sudden you recognize, I don't have to compare myself to that person because my grace was never intended to be their grace. There's a pace to my grace. And and here's the problem. You are allowing culture to determine your pace when God's grace is waiting for you. And there's some of us in this room where culture is making you go faster than God's grace, which is why you're always frustrated. And there's some of us where culture is holding you back from God's grace, which is why you're always frustrated. And until you find the pace of grace, then you'll never actually find the rhythm that suits your life. I wonder why our culture is so filled with anxiety. And maybe it's because we're running at a pace that God never intended us to run at, whether too fast or too slow. That there's this balance. And and I use balance loosely because what's balanced to me, again, is not balanced to you. That God puts a grace on what he's called for you to do. Hear me. God doesn't put a grace on your dream. He puts a grace on his dream for you. And some of us are sprinting at the pace that we envision when God's saying, no, 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 that's not even my vision. That's not even my vision. And some of you are like, I am confused. (laughs) Like, how do I go forward? Can Can I break down the word grace for you? Mercy is when God doesn't give us something we do deserve. Grace is when God gives us something we don't deserve. And so I want to break down this scripture right here, this first scripture on grace. If we can throw that up, James 4, 6, it says, and he gives grace, everybody say generously. But I want to point out it doesn't say recklessly. And there's a clear distinction between the two words. Because generously means it'll never run out. Recklessly means you you, you don't have to measure up to get it. Hear me. Some of us are begging for grace, and God says, I can't. It would be reckless because you wouldn't use it. I I can't give it to you. I'll give give all you. I can't. It's all available to you. But, But hear me. I'm waiting for there to be room for it. I'm waiting for there to be room for it. Because in order to receive God's grace, you have to let your opinion die. Because your, your grace might push you harder than you are willing to go. Your grace might slow you down more than you are willing to slow down. Because it's God's grace that guides us, not our ambition. And all of a sudden, we have to slow down and speed up at the pace of his voice. And the problem is, how are we going to catch his grace when we don't know his voice? Next scripture says this. It says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. We're instructed to turn. Everybody say turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. The problem is this. God is willing to generously give grace, but he can't give grace while you're holding on to addiction. And you're like, this goes against everything. No, 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 hear me. It's not that he doesn't give love. And it's not that he doesn't accept you where you're at. It's that he can't grace your next step when he knows it's already destined for failure. So he's holding back a grace for your future until you can let go of what's taking its place. There's this grace that he's like, look, I've got it all for you. I've got the future. I've got everything to bless you. And and blessings don't just mean money. Blessings mean, man, I'm going to build your family. I'm going to build a healthy marriage. I'm going to build and break generational curses off of your life. I've got this for you. You're going to have a clear purpose. You're going to make an impact where you're at. But... If you're going to carry my grace, you can't carry that attitude. 
If you're going to carry my grace, then you can. And you want to know why we're so exhausted? You're trying to carry both. And what you need is not rest in those scenarios. It's actually to let go. And, and this is why we get so frustrated as Christians. are like, but God, you said that your yoke was easy. And the problem is you're blaming God for a yoke he didn't give us. When he's like, look, I didn't hand you that. You're, you're exhausted from what's pulling you, not from what I'm placing on you. You're exhausting from what's holding you back. I, I need you to release it. Um, my son, Andy, my younger one, we, me, uh, like our, our family, was not born with rhythm. Uh, we don't have, like, musical genes, you know, and uh, can't sing, n- none of that business. And, uh, but if anyone could, like, like, Andy thinks he can dance, though, you know. And uh, one of our incredible, uh, our creative director, Elias, anybody, everybody love Elias in here. He made this promo video. It was so cool. But the song sent Andy into overdrive. Uh, right when this song started playing, I want you to see how Andy responded to the song when it was playing. Peanut butter, jelly, and all. He is in that thing. So that, there he is. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you didn't think it was cute, you can get out. Um, this kid has no rhythm. But it's funny, isn't it, that after all that motion, he wasn't tired. He kept going. Because motion won't exhaust you when you're listening to the right rhythm. Can I just, can I speak something to you? Some of you are exhausted from the motion because you're following the wrong rhythm. Some of you are exhausted and you're worn out because you're following the rhythm of culture and the way people say you should be living and you've got to have more. You've got to do more. You should be further along. You should be here. It doesn't make sense. Why would you give to a church? Why would you spend your time there? Shouldn't you be putting more time into your career? Why, why would you care so much about it? Bro, listen, your kids will have to understand. Hey, listen, all marriages have issues. Get over it. And this is... The rhythm we're trying to have motion to. So we're sprinting. And we're exhausted. And we find ourselves in a place where we're just ready to be done. And we're ready to throw in the towel. Because how? How how could I be a follower of Christ and be so exhausted? I'm, I'm exhausted. I can't make it far enough. I can't go fast enough. I can't go to where my dreams are because I, I'm trying to follow the rhythm. But at the end of the day, you can't hear when he says stop you can't hear when he says stop i want to read uh the message translation of matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 it says are you tired worn out burned out on religion come on that's somebody in here man that's me every day i'm done with the religion i'm ready for a relationship Man, I'm tired of the, if you've ever been, if you grew up in church, like you're just, man, I'm striving and I'm striving and I'm striving. I got to make it. I got to do something. You grew up, got to get to a good school. Got to get a good job. Got to make this amount. Ah, I'm worn out. Burned out on religion. Come to me and get away with me. You'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Now, this, this is where it, it gets confusing for many of us. Because some of us have equated rest with binging Netflix. And as funny as that is, it's also the saddest thing in the room right now. Is that you think that scriptures say come to me and Hollywood can give you what God has. And that's not to say 
to never watch another show. It's to say this, we're going to the wrong source. The problem with going to the wrong source is you will get more sleep, but less rest. And it says this, it says, walk with me. And then this is where it gets confusing. He just said, rest. I'm going to teach you how to rest. Walk with me and what does it say? Work. Walk with me and work with me. And I don't know about you, but I don't think about going to work and rest being in the same sentence. But it says, walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And then this is good. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So it has nothing to do with the workload, everything to do with the work partner. Maybe we're exhausted not because we have too much, but we don't have the right one with us. There's this side of us that shifts when we walk through those doors on a Sunday and all of a sudden we recognize, oh man, okay, that was church and now I'm going into work. When God says, no, 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 I was, I was literally with you here so that you'd carry me there. You didn't experience me in this room so that you could leave me in your car when you clock in. You experienced me in this room so you'd recognize that the same rest you feel in the midst of a worship set as we're singing Build Your Church and all of us are going crazy in here and we're shouting because we love that song because we want this thing to be built and we understand we're talking about building people, build families, build children, build next generation, build teams. Come on, change the city, feed the city, be the needs or be the answer to the needs in the city. We, we feel that, but we don't understand. Build Your Church isn't saying, come on, build this room. It's saying, hey, go build that nine to five the way I intended it to be. Hey, go build, hear me. It's not that you're doing too much. It's that you're not doing enough and where you're at. Because hear me, the fastest way to burn out is to focus on the promotion in front of you and not focus on the people around you. And he says, no, no, you don't understand. You're tired because you're focused on the work, but you were supposed to be focused on the people. Hear me, exhaustion comes when you feel like you're doing everything you can with zero results. It doesn't come from purpose. I, I've, never, I've never seen someone get done dancing and been like, man, I just, I need to take a season off of fun. And yet we do that with serving, don't we? Isn't that wild? Man, I can't be, I can't be in a group this season. Man, that was too much. No, no, no. You were focused on getting it done not on building what you had. Can, can I encourage you? Can I challenge you? Can I press in on you? God is not, your rest is not going to be found in isolation. It's going to be found in leaning into community. It's going to be found when you, you start finding purpose in the work that used to exhaust you. Um, I, I'm a runner. I love running. And I've been running for the last few years pretty consistently because uh, if you don't know, about six years ago I had spinal surgery and uh, the doctor said, man, you'll probably never run again. And so every morning when I run, it's a chance to just kick the devil in the teeth and let him know he lost. And so, so I do it every day. I go running and, and I've experienced this. If you've ran for any amount of miles or any amount of like consistent time, you experience what's called a runner's high. And that runner's high comes when you are breaking through something you've been running for a long time and all of a sudden a scientist will tell you endorphins rush through your brain and they say that it mimics morphine 
that when it happens, and that's why runners are so passionate about it, and they post about it on Instagram and make everyone feel bad about themselves. And, uh, and, and they, they feel good, and, and it's that feel-good moment. I was trying to describe it to Adrian, and she just refused to hear me. And I was like, I was like, girl, stay skinny no matter what. And uh, I was like, hey, like, I love this. There's something here. So I started to research it. Turns out there was no science on it until 2008. A German scientist started to study this group of runners. And what they found, and this is so crazy, what they found was they would make all these experienced runners run for two hours straight. And then simultaneously, at the two-hour mark for these experienced runners, they had brain scans on them. They would see a rush of endorphins flood through them, and they would run faster than they had ran in the previous two hours. Hear me. It said, how do I gain a runner's high? In this article I was reading, he said, I got to push past what my body tells me to, but not past what a doctor suggests. Let me put it in this terms for you. I got to push past when my flesh says quit, but don't go past what the great physician says is healthy. Here's my range. There's this rush. Hear me. Some of you walked in here thinking you need a break. No, you don't. You need a breakthrough. You need God to rush you with something in the midst of your run. Can I say this? Can I be bold? Your rest comes in the middle of your run. Your rest comes when you push past when other people have quit. When you push past when other people have stopped. When you say my marriage is not going to die regardless of what it is. I'm going to press past where other people have quit. My children are not a lost cause. I still believe in them. This youth culture is not done. My job has still has purpose and I have something to live for when you push past where your flesh says stop God says get ready your rest is coming get ready your rest is flooding get ready it don't make sense most people will never have it they'll settle for sleep the rest of their life but rest is one push away it's one push away because my rest is found in my run not at the end of my run can I just encourage you, all eyes closed, can we stand across this room? All eyes closed in this space. I believe there's some people in the room that came in ready to throw in the towel. The problem is you're one push away from real rest. And it doesn't come from quitting. It comes from pressing on. I don't know if this is for a marriage, for someone's job, for your dream, maybe your career that you're giving up on. Maybe it's for your involvement. Maybe you're saying, man, I got, I got to press in and continue to serve. I have to continue to serve the people around me because maybe my rest is on the other side of my working with God, not distancing myself from him and his people. There's rest in the run. If you're in this room, very bold, we're just going for it. You say, man, I am at the end of my rope on this. I'm ready to throw in the towel and I need a breakthrough in here. You came in here thinking you needed a break. I wanna speak to some single moms in the room. Man, my heart is swelled for you. I can't even imagine what you're walking through, what you have walked through. But I need you to know in this room that God is saying, trust me, I'm about to give you a breakthrough. Just don't throw in the towel. Just don't quit. Just don't lose heart. Keep putting values into those children. Keep putting values into those teenagers. Keep putting values into them. It's not for nothing. It'll come back. It's going to come back. It's a seed. It's going to grow. You're just planting. You're in your planting season. I believe there's some people in here that want to quit on your business. Here's what God says don't quit right before a harvest comes 
Don't quit right before your rest season comes. You are breaking past what most entrepreneurs never get to. I'm speaking prophetically over you right now. That there is grace and there is breakthrough on the other side of your push. On the other side of your not quitting. On the other side of you saying, God, if you called me into it, you're not going to pull me out of it midway. But I'm going to finish what you started because he who did a good work in me brings it to completion. So I need you to know that there's grace. There's a grace. And here's the deal. You can't compare this grace with your neighbor, with the business that failed, with mom and dad's marriage that didn't make it. You can't compare it because you got a different grace. You got a different grace. So in this room, you are ready to quit, but right now you need to invite Jesus's grace into your situation, whatever it is. On the count of three, just lift your hands. One, two, three. If that's you, you need grace on your situation. I love it. Can we say this as a family, the whole house? Say, Jesus, in this room, I invite you into my run. And this, don't say this, but real quick pause. Don't say this unless you're serious. I, I want to warn you that the Holy Spirit is going to do his thing, but it's a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. Say this, say, Jesus, I give up my right to, let me say it right. I give up my right to quit on what you called me into. That's heavy, but it's real. I believe there's marriages, your hearts are gonna begin to come together in this moment. You can't quit, you can't quit. Because it was never about where you're going, it was about who's watching. It, it, was, never, it was never about where you're making it, it's, it's actually about who's waiting to see, how's this gonna work out? Are they gonna keep being faithful? Are, are they gonna push past, are they gonna represent me? Are they gonna represent Jesus? Hear me, people are waiting to see what is on your life. And I know you feel stuck, and I know you feel like it's not going fast enough or it's going too fast, but God says, just invite me in. Say this, say, Jesus, I invite you into my race. I invite you to speak to me. Jesus, Jesus, do your work right here, right now. Do your work right here, right now. Begin to speak life. Begin to speak life in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Holy Spirit, invade hearts. Holy Spirit, invade our minds. Holy Spirit, we give you access right here. Just like next week, God, we go ahead and give you access now. We just, we let it go. We let it go in. That right here, your presence are confirming dreams and hearts. You're confirming covenants in your people. That right here, you're bringing hope where there was hopelessness. You're bringing grace where there was none. That right here, grace in the name of Jesus, we command you to enter into the lives of the faithful in this room. God, I pray right now you would prove yourself to be faithful like you always have right here and you would provide rest in the name of Jesus. Invade our hearts, invade us now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I don't wanna ruin this moment at all, so just stay in it. But real quick, if you're in this room and um, we, we do this every week because it matters and it's worth doing every week. But if you're in this room and you say, man, I, I want Jesus in my race, but I've never invited him in. I've never even received him. Can I just say, your frustration is rooted in who's with you, not in what you're doing. And the Holy Spirit is desperate. He loves you so much. He's so proud that you even came into the room. But I know just like every week, there's some people that are far from God. And I want you to know there is no embarrassment in this room. There is no shame. God doesn't even operate that way. He's so madly in love with you. He can't be mad at you. And so right here, you're in the room and you say, I need to invite Jesus into my heart, maybe for the first time, or re-invite him because I've been distant from him for a long time. If that's you, on the count of three, all eyes closed across the room, can you just lift your hand so I can pray with you? One, two, three, if that's you, lift your hands. Amazing, I see it, I see it. 
Can we say this? I see it. Can we say this out loud? Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my best friend. Be my Lord and Savior. I invite your grace in. Forgive me of the past. Wipe it clean. Fresh start is coming now. Be my best friend and my father. Teach me your ways. I commit to you. Amen, amen. Can you give it up for Jesus in this space? Come on, can you get loud for our Savior who steps in, who moves?